and welcome to the latest episode of the Fantasy Football Pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football, victory in Vienna, might I add, through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name is Ibiza and I'm just back from John. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you how it was, John, but I think you just answered that question. Still just picking up brain cells where I can. Yeah. Did you ever find that serotonin? Or did you? <laughs> um, lovely to see you, though. Back in one piece, John, and uh, an exciting time for us. A two-day week. It is so we're indeed. recording the pods live, straight off the back of a victory in Vienna. How exciting. Straight off the back of a victory against Moldova on Saturday. Oh, unbelievable. Lots to talk about there. We'll get stuck into it. But we're not alone tonight, John, are we? No, we're not alone. We have got, um, we're going to get both ugly sisters on. Obviously, it was the old firm derby, the arse cheat derby of Scotland uh, at the weekend before Scotland were playing. So we thought we'd get both on. But surprise, surprise, one of the ugly sisters, the blue variety, has shat the bed last minute and not come on. So we've got our favourite guest on. It's the Specky Gadge himself, Gagan. How you doing, Paul? Doing good, mate. Doing good. Just watched an absolute masterclass from Steve Clark and the boys, so nothing poor to say. Forgotten about last Sunday already. <laughs> well, um, you're going to have to refresh your memory because we are going to get we are gonna get stuck into that, uh, yeah. amongst other things. Um, yeah, quite a bit to talk about, John. We obviously have had a week off, but uh, there's been plenty happening in that time. Where will we start? Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think let's start with Scotland. It's all fresh in our head. Let's try and put a cinch um, lens on the Scotland um, football national football team's performances over yeah. the last week. Uh, then it was transfer deadline day. That has passed since we last spoke. There was loads of crazy action. So we'll, be, we'll, we'll go around and try and pick out the best bits for that. And of course, what it means for Fantasy Football Scotland. And then part two, we'll look back on the, on the, on the old firm derby and also look forward to the uh, first Edinburgh derby of the season, Scobie. That is... Uh, I know, country. I know. Lots and lots to look forward to there. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So um, we'll not talk about the Denmark game because that was a bit of a shit show. But Scobie, you were actually at Hamden on Saturday night. Uh, well, how, how was it? I was. It was It was great. Saturday night in Glasgow, 40,000 packed into Hamden. Just things you love to see. Um, half the people going in there, yeah. rubbered. But no, good performance. I was uh, really happy to see both Nathan Patterson and Kevin Nisbet get their starts. Uh, I yeah. think they were warranted. I think they're positive news to the future. We have to give these guys a chance. And I think... You know, as we continue to search for a goal scorer, Kevin Nisbet's got to be given a chance. Um, you know, looking back to the, just that weekend before, I think that probably, I'd say, got him that starting spot. Um, the goal, um, which he took well against Livingston, it was good, but he's had a good season all year. You know, this transfer speculation around him uh, and he's continued to play well. We've seen that from a fantasy point of view. So that was great. Uh, and I thought Patterson was dynamite as well. I mean, okay. 1-0, should have been about 4 or 5 no. We never really looked like conceding. Um, but, you know, it was uh, it was a win. And that's all we can say about it. And some positives to take from it. Indeed. What Gigi, you what have you made of the national team, yeah, over the last couple of days? Well, I know we're brushing over Denmark, but I have to say that first 45 of Denmark had me, had me struggling for positivity. But I thought the Moldova game created enough chances. It's one of those Scotland games. You get one goal and you just... You know, you pray for another, but 
I'd love to move on to today because I thought today was the one we had to <laughs> had to have a performance tonight, and yeah. there wasn't one failure on that team. If it's between Sodze is blowing out his hole, he's basically a, a cult hero at this stage. Like that, when he was running straight through at the end, just like has one swig at it. It was a decent off strike, but um, yeah, like I said, back three immense. Hanley is finally turning into that centre back that we've just needed for so long. Thought Tierney was brilliant considering how poor he's been defensively for the last few weeks since the start of the season. Thought Che Adams was class. Yeah. Uh, just a brilliant performance. And realistically, they didn't create too much tonight. And no, I think that's I, a huge positive. I agree. For me, it was all, I know everyone was talking about how important the result was tonight. But for once, I actually felt the performance was as important tonight just to know that we are going in the right direction under Agreed. Clark. And I really felt that we played really well. You know, they interviewed Gordon just after the game and they were asking on, you know, where does this rank in great away victories for Scotland bringing up the Fadi in Paris? And he quite rightly said, we probably played better tonight than we did in Paris all those years ago. Uh, I thought it was really well deserved. I mean, look at Stodzy. He took a couple of decent chances, did he not? <laughs> I mean, we knew he wasn't going to score. We knew he wasn't going to score. That was brilliant, all the same. You know? And it was the, the other one was when, uh, when Chad won the ball from the goalie um, just outside of the, by the corner flag, basically. Yeah. Swigs his left on his left. <laughs> <laughs> going, going out for a throw and luckily gets blocked. <laughs> um, but he does, some, uh, think... he does some job. Mm. He does, he does. I mean, and again, from a fantasy point of view, um, you know, I thought McGregor had a great game. Um, wow. Cal McGregor does yeah. something blow hot and cold for Scotland, let's be honest, but he was, you know, he was fantastic tonight. And it, and it was, you know, he sort of said it interestingly before it was that quote, is it was a must-not-lose game rather than a must-win. Um, but, you know, here we are sitting off the back of a, of a victory. Um, uh-huh. And then the one last man, I, and I swear I'm going to probably talk about him a number of times through this, this episode, Craigie Gordon, unbelievable. Pulls off the big save at the end. Why did Celtic let him go? Fuck oh, off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he let that one in, we'd have been calling for his head. <laughs> nah, he's. He, do you know what? It's 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 good to see him there. To be honest, he's in terms of organising the back four or five in this case. I mean, I don't appreciate the fact his distribution is out for a throw in every time, but <laughs> you can't you can't take away from him. I think just having that experience in your goalkeeper and like organizing your back, you know, your defense and everything, it, it's yeah. it's underrated. And I actually think it's it's been quite noticeable since Marshall's gone. Yeah. 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 Um, well, that's two clean sheets. Exactly. And yeah, actually, no in 250 looking, minutes of football, well, we'll take that as a stat. Fucking <laughs> looking at the Denmark game, you know, only losing 2 0, the way they thumped uh, Israel tonight and thumped yeah. their Austria as well. You know, they've scored 22 goals without response in our group. Um, so, yeah, very exciting, very exciting. We look forward to losing to Israel at hand <laughs> in October. <laughs> and we'll be. <laughs> It's, uh, um, it's it's nice that the Dem- Denmark will be playing their fifth team or whatever as well for when we finally get around to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They should we'll definitely give them. <laughs> you boys a run out that, you know, Indeed. deserve it. Uh, indeed. Well, that was brilliant. So let's move on to, it was, of course, um, it was transfer deadline day. Uh, it was about a week past now. It was pretty exciting. Gagan, I'm going to start with you as our guest. There was quite a bit of activity at Parkhead. Uh, can you sum it up? What, what were your thoughts? I've got them in front of me. So we signed 12 players in the transfer window. So we've got <laughs> Kyogo Furuhashi, Carl Starfell, Leo Labada, Josip Juranovic, Georges Yak- Yumakimis. Might have got that one wrong. 
Joe Hart, Liam Scales, Liam Shaw, or says Uruga Hyde again. Apologies, uh, James, James McCarthy and Jota. Um, in terms of fantasy football, I was thinking about this beforehand. There's there's one man in there that's that has to be in every single team. Now, I have a bit of breaking news. Kyogo Furuhashi went down uncontested foul in the Japan game earlier today. Oh, uh, no. Walked off the field, but we don't know anything more than that. But yeah, he, he went down. So we'll need to see if he's available for Saturday or Sunday. I think it's Saturday. Mm. Um, but I would say, in terms of fantasy football, if you have a must-have, must, must have, I know you you lot always bang on about Captain Tab and all that crap, but they, uh, Kyogo Furuhashi, he's a midfielder. He's going to be playing up front every single game for Celtic with uh, Edward gone. He is a must-have. He is a wonderful player. And what what about just to, just to just to challenge that with the, the the signing you made from the boy from Eredivisie? Yeah, is, is he gonna? Does he get at a rotational risk to, to that? Do you think or what was your thoughts? I think I think a little bit now. I've got a little. I've got a couple of worries about him because he was the top scorer in the Eredivisie um, last season. But I think if you look at his goal scoring record um, throughout his career, he's basically had a pretty average scoring career, and then he just went ballistic last year. Um, and it's a bit of a worry that I think he cost something like 2.5 million. The only club other that wanted him were Werder Bremen, and they got relegated last year. Mm. Um, so I do think the jury's out on him. He's, I think he's cost 7.5 or something in, in fantasy. I uh, know you went right. Yeah, sorry, Duke. Man. Yeah, it's, or he's expensive anyway. Yeah. And I don't yeah, think yeah. he's a guaranteed start. But I, what I was going to say basically is the players that I think you need to have in uh, for Celtic are Furuhashi and potentially Abada because I think it's going to take mm. a couple weeks for the for it to settle down really and to get to know what our actual team is going to be. And um, there's so many players coming in and we, they've also had a hectic schedule, so mm. need to see how it lies. I, I think Abada is a quality player. I think yep. Um, yep. I think the one I'd have my eye on is uh, Liam Scales because I think Greg Taylor has not looked incredible under Ange his entire um, career <laughs> <laughs> yeah Scooby, you've I, got a bad in your team haven't you I have a bad yeah I mean at 4.9 million he's the fourth highest scoring midfielder in the game 27 points it is must-have territory I think I mean I've, I've sort of relentlessly even though I've talked about him and named episodes of this pod about him still not got Kyogo um and okay. if he's injured then perhaps um you know perhaps my lack of picking him is paying dividends but uh, I do agree with you. From what we see, he is a top player. To flip it, though, how sad are you to see those two big departures right at the end of the window? One which we've felt has been coming for about a year and a half in Edouard, and then Christie off the Bournemouth, which was a sort of strange move in, in some ways. What did you make of that? To be honest, I know you're saying one of them you've been seeing for a year and a half. I'd say both of them have been seeing for a year and a half. Um, mm. I think both uh, Celtic were poor last year and I think those two were almost took the brunt of it I thought Christie especially was really poor I know yeah. Edward was the top goal scorer but with his talent it was a disappointing year for him but the two of them have looked night and day from last season this year but uh, uh, these players need to go uh, got nearly 18 million for Edward he's got mm. 12 months left in his deal I think I think Christie was um, meant to be gone in January mm. like mm. Yeah, the good players but if they want to go, you got to let them go. And we've actually done all right in terms of money out of them. And I think it'll open up opportunities for other players. So could be could be more depressed. That's how I'd yeah, put yeah. it. But Christie had been pretty good at the start of the season. And maybe it was he seems to be responding to Ange's 
uh, slightly more articulated and sophisticated <laughs> tactics compared to Neil Lennon. I think Neil Lennon was quoted on just tell him to shoot on sight. Yeah, so I know his sight. shooting is shite. <laughs> <laughs> shite on shoot. Uh, I saw a good <laughs> tweet that, uh, that um, he, he flew into Bournemouth, but he landed in Calais or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Um, another interesting one, obviously, that went out the door right at the end, Lee Griffiths off to Dundee. Mm. I think that's a really interesting transfer from a fantasy point of view as well, because let's be honest, it's Lee Griffiths and you don't know what you're going to get. But he goes to Dundee, he's 5.4 million. So he's right in that bracket of strikers that we're, you know, we're talking about in amongst Boyce and Ramirez and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it could be a masterstroke for them. You know, Charlie Adams feeding him balls. Lee Griffiths. I mean, who's taking free kicks out of those two? Who knows? Um, but yeah, it could be it could be interesting times, couldn't it, John? What a bunch of absolute wallopers they've got down at Dens. <laughs> Charlie Adam <laughs> and Lee Griffiths. Paul McGowan. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think yeah, yeah, it could be a very exciting one from fantasy perspective. Yeah, I think it's a good point you raised, Scobie, about actually about the set pieces because Charlie Adams all over them, and we know what Lee Griffiths is like on free kicks, so it's definitely one to watch. Um, I thought, yeah, a pretty good signing for Dundee, I'd say. Definitely, definitely. I mean, you know, you're a club that's going to, you know, you're going to be battling bottom six. You're going to be, you know, looking to score goals because that's always going to be the problem. You bring in one of Scotland's most prolific scorers in the last sort of five years. Um, if not longer so I think you know I think it's a really good bit of business but it's just whether Lee can get himself back into a position where he can play and stay fit I think with Griffiths it's one of those where he has to be playing every week to be fit almost if he's if he's in and out of the squad it's, it's kind of tough 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 to rely on him yeah. um, I've two, two for you John I know you discussed a bit about Austin Samuels but Matty Longstaff yeah that's an exciting signing scored a raker against Man U once at Old Trafford <laughs> I believe <laughs> Uh, but Aberdeen clearly had, you know, waited until after the Carabag game to do their business because I think they probably had two groups of signings. Had they qualified and got into the group stages, and what an almighty disappointment that game was, by the way. Um, then they would have had different players, but then they also had these guys signed up. And then overall, look, Aberdeen had a pretty decent transfer window, I think. It's just how quickly can Glass embed all these new players and this new system he's trying to play as well. Uh, from Fantasy Football Scotland, probably wouldn't uh, put either of those guys on my team, though. One place I'd just like to go before we get out of part one is to McDermott Park. There was some huge action in the last couple of days there. Some quite disappointing deals, I think, actually. They lost two of their cup double-winning legends. Um, you know, Kerr leaving, he was he's off to Wigan for 600k, only had about a year or so left in his contract. So I think... you. As a St. Johnston fan, you can kind of just get over the disappointment of losing one. But the Ali McCann one really sticks out to me as an absolute howler here. You know, if he was at any other team, I think he'd be going for multiples of millions of pounds. And it just went for basically a bag of chips uh, right at the end. And it was just uh, quite sad to see. It's definitely yeah. sad. I don't, did, you, did you see the St. Johnston chairman um, statement mm. on it? Mm. I thought it was quite good. It's quite rare you see someone actually come out and explain the transfers behind it. And I think the sort of logic behind it made sense. But yeah, it's disappointing when you see players like that come out of Scotland for that kind of money, especially who have been that successful. Like Ali McCann, I thought Celtic Rangers, or at least you know, Hibs Aberdeen Hart should have been looking at him. Talented boy. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, we'll just to touch on them, because we might not touch on them much in the second part, but you know it. 
I was just going to sort of say, it feels like it's they're sort of now sort of strolling a little bit into some dangerous territory. They've scored one goal in four mm-hmm. games. You know, yes, they've got away with it. They've only conceded two, so they've picked up points from draws. But you just wonder whether, like, the emotion of last year, of that cup double, the European run at the start of the year, it's like, yeah. how do they put themselves back up and just focus on, you know, the bread and butter, yeah. the task in hand? That's that's going to be his biggest challenge, Davidson, now. Um, yeah. I think he's more than up for it, but I think yeah. it's definitely a thing worth flagging. Yeah. Their defence still looks like quite a decent um, yeah, bet does. in fantasy football, Scotland, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, but just sad to see McCann go. I mean, that guy bossed two games against Galatasaray. But <laughs> and I promise this is the final one. Just announced today, Barry Mackay comes back to Scotland and joins Hearts. Asmo. Barry Mackay, who moved off for about half a million, didn't he, down to Nottingham Forest? Uh, and then went on to Swansea. Uh, you know, obviously started his career at Rangers and played there for a long time. Comes back to Hearts on a two-year deal. I didn't see it coming. Obviously, there was a bit of talk in it in the last couple of days. Good signing, that, is it not? Yeah, it's another, it's another winger for you. It's another winger. On on top of Woodburn. So de- definitely giving you some options um, yeah. going forward in, the, in, the, in those areas. So quite exciting. I think, yeah, yeah decent enough we'll for see you. see where he lands. We've not seen his price yet, but um, yeah, we should do a whole raft of just reminders on price reveals on Twitter. We'll, we'll, we'll fire them up tomorrow. Lots of new players, lots of new prices. Um, anyway, that probably wraps us up for part one, doesn't it? Get it. Hello and welcome back to part two of tonight's Fantasy Fit Bar pod. We are pure buzzing after that result in Vienna tonight. We'll not be sleeping tonight. Just so, so good from Sir Steve's men. But we have to try and talk about something else. And it was another 1-0 result, Gagan, was it not? Uh, a couple of weekends ago. Um, defeat against uh, your your arch rivals. Now we were meant to have Big Bird or Ian Finlay, the Rangers representative, on here um, for some some heavyweight boxing, but he's not here. So you've got free reign to say what you want. Yeah, it would have been a lot better if we'd won the end turn up. <laughs> but, but it's amusing he still shot the bed. Yeah, uh, uh, from from my perspective, like I I thought it was a bit of a nothing game in terms of. It's one of those that can just go either way. I thought we were better first half. I thought they were better second half. Thought thought uh, Kyogo should have started up front. Um, and I actually thought it'd be interesting to have heard Biebs's, uh opinion on this, but obviously not here. So, uh, but I thought the even though they were hit by COVID and everything, I thought basically it kind of shows the depth for the Rangers team because I thought the only position they were really um, like lessened with was uh, was the goalkeeper, and I, I thought McCrory had a great game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Balogun had, did a, an incredibly good job. I think he's pish as well, and I thought he did a really good job. Uh, just one of those games. Edward misses a sitter. Thought yeah. we didn't really do enough. The second we put Kyogo at the middle, we had two decent chances. But it was, again, a set piece. You know, Celtic and set pieces. It's just the way it goes. But mm-hmm. in honesty, it's it, you're at Ibrox. We've been shite there all for a year and more than that, about eighteen months, and. I, you know, I think there's better better times to come. Yeah, I mean, agreed. I think Kyogo was looked like the one that was going to make the difference, didn't he? He was causing all sorts of bother, um, you know, for that back line. 
only once he came into the centre, though. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Edwards um, this was a was a rotter. Starfelt, you, what's your view on him? Are you a bit? Uh, I actually, I actually thought that was his best game. I think he's best when you, you're putting him under pressure and sticking balls in the box. Like he's had some stinkers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the um, Ungol v Altmar. Yeah. And um, some of the, yeah, some of the first game of the season, he was the hearts, exactly. It was at the pen, um, yeah. yeah. But I, no, no, I think that was when he dismissed it for um, uh, for Suter at the end, but yeah, yes, no, that was stinking as well. That was Bane as well, but um, like I, I'm I wouldn't say I'm completely sold, but I also think you can't judge a player really. Uh, the situation he came into, like, we, we uh, you know, threadbare squad, you bring him in. You chuck him in. He's not looked amazing, but I, I still think he's got some decent qualities about him. We'll, we'll see. We've obviously got that Cameron Carter Vickers from Tottenham. I think Stephen Welsh. I don't know if he's watched the Scotland under twenty one game today. Stephen Welsh had a honking, honking for the yeah for their equaliser. Um, yeah, I, I get, like I was saying earlier. I think there's so much chopping and changing that it's going to take a while for the Celtic team to settle. Yeah. If yeah. I, um, from a fantasy football perspective, the only ones I would would go with are Kyogo, uh, Cal McGregor, because he's playing every game. He might not get an assist or a goal every game, but if you want consistency, he's going to be there. Yeah. Probably a badder. And if I was, I would currently say Ralston, but mm-hmm. obviously Jovanovic has come in. Yeah. Um, so we need to see. But Ralston has been one of our best players this season. So Jovanovic was playing left back. Playing left against, back. Exactly. Uh, Ibrooks, wasn't he? Um, yeah, Stephen Welsh has been, you know, despite his horror show for under 21s, hopefully he learns from that. But he's been a great fantasy football Scotland yeah, asset yeah. so far this season. And cheap you know, they're, yeah, really cheap as chips. And then I like your other shite. Shite? I like your other shite. I always like your shite, Skipper. Thank you, mate. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, mate. Uh, Liam Scales, he's only 2.9 million in the game. You mentioned him. Um, what, what, what can he bring to the Celtic team? Uh, it's a massive step. He's obviously League of Ireland. He's just come up. He's just been called into the Ireland team. I've seen a few highlights. That I think he's definitely coming into position, which is the position we need to strengthen the most. And I know Taylor's, um, he's a shoulder injury. I think he got versus Rangers. Mm. Um, so it's him and Montgomery. It, again, if you're looking for a really cheap Celtic uh, defender, maybe he's the way to go. But one thing I'll say is, I, I don't think we're keeping many clean sheets this season, no. uh, especially especially against the top half. Mm. Um, so it's exciting, not think that, like you know, particularly defensively, because because you know what we've been saying all along this year is that they've got the pricing much more accurate, and it's you know made for a probably a more challenging game because your budget's not going to allow you to have everyone you might want to have. And defensively, you know there could you know the, that's where the that's where the value's been, as we said, Walsh and um, Walsh and Ralston have been two point five million, two point six million each for Celtic defenders. You know, okay, you've not been keeping many clean sheets, but they've been getting a lot of points. Even Taylor, um, so like interesting if you get some other Celtic, uh, you know, defenders coming under the radar there and they're undervalued for that reason. Yeah, marvelous. Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah, we'll... want to pick up when you were saying it was going to be one of my questions for Ian. Um, <laughs> what do you think, Ian? Email you or something. Um, but one of my questions was actually going to be around what do we do with that goalkeeping spot at Rangers? Because I'm actually thinking, uh, maybe it's time to move away. I've had Matt Macy for most of the season, I think. I've got a third Rangers spot going at the moment. Um, and particularly for this weekend coming, I'm thinking, you know, would it be a Rangers goalie? But I don't really know where I go. McCrory had quite a good game when he came in. McLaughlin's kind of been starting. McGregor's there and he's fit. It's like... Joe Hart. I think, I think you're answering the question yourself, Esco, but there's, there's three 
keepers that could realistically start in that team. And as a, a goalkeeping position in fantasy football, I think you just want someone that's guaranteed to start. Yeah. Um. So I just don't think Rangers... Rangers um, keepers are the, are the shout for me. I mean, I'm the, I'm the same as you, Scobie. I've got Matt Macy, who's been pretty decent to start with. I mean, the standouts. And if we want to get excited about how his, good his performance was in Vienna tonight, we've already spoken about it. You know, Craig Gordon's been yeah. second top scorer in the game with 20 points so far. And priced at that $3 million as well as Xander Clark uh, or the Super Jays. So if you're looking to, I think between... Goalkeepers, it's probably those two that you you would just jump onto if you're going to. Yeah, I think them. definitely, definitely. Just unfortunately, you know, you're looking at the derby on uh, on 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 Sunday, and I I I always say this: I don't see it being goalless. I bet old Naby nil nil, so probably bring them in or keep Macy. Yeah, but it doesn't look like one that's going to be going to be goalless to me. I think to to kind of move into move on to that to move away from from the old firm for a minute. Um, Hibs and Hearts obviously both kept pace with one another last weekend. Two no wins apiece, and both moved to ten points. Top of the league. <gasps> so Sunday, how? Top, do you... What was that? Who's top? Well, on goal difference, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on goal difference, the cabbage are top. But it is refreshing just to see at this stage of the season, you know, top four not being mm. either of the ugly sisters. It's very interesting, isn't it? But what I will say, yes, they're top on goal difference. But Hearts have played Celtic um, already, well, twice this year if you count the cup game. Uh, faced, uh, well, the league doesn't, so it doesn't count. <laughs> we don't count that. Uh, faced Stern Test away, obviously, at St. Mirren and at home to Aberdeen. Hibs, meanwhile, a softer run. They've had Livingston and Ross County. Livingston have been playing terribly, both at home. Uh, the Motherwell away was a, was a well-fought win, obviously. But, you know, they have had the easier schedule than us. There's no, there's no denying that. Um, so it feels like their first kind of big challenge um, of the season, you know, whereas I would say we've, we've had Celtic and Aberdeen, you know, we've kind of been right in the thick of it. So I wonder how is that going to affect Hibs or is it? Is it Swinecastle? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they have a terrible, terrible record against you. They're Even actually allowing all away fans into the stadium, which is how Derby should be done. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's, oh, it's going to be an incredible occasion anyway. But yes, at Tyne Castle. See, it's, it's almost so stacked in our favour. I'm now getting nervous. Because <laughs> <laughs> it just, you know, they obviously, based on last year, based on where they are, everybody kind of thought they'd be up the top. Mm. People were, um, actually, quite a few people on this podcast were talking hearts down at the start of the season. Um, but you know, here we are, top of the league. Uh, so it's kind <laughs> of in that, um, in, in our favor to kind of come out and get a result. But I am, um, I don't know, I think it could be a cracker of a game. Um, do you not always think that Hibs are the better on paper and then Hearts just win or draw? Yeah, like it, it pretty much always happens that way. Like, yeah. I, I would always say that Hibs have got a better squad on paper, but you know, a tiny well, castle, I don't know, exactly. Just, usually goes that way I, I, yeah I mean to dig into the Martin Boyle obviously continues to lead the way top midfield mm. boxing in the game uh, so far and he scored an absolute screamer for our lovely little goal against uh, against Livingston for, for the second um, scored, just scored for so Australia good. at the weekend as well um, yeah I think I think for Hearts to be successful in this game it's going to be all about stopping Martin Boyle yeah. I mean it, he is he is the, he's the form player in the league, you know, you'd probably say. 
after Kyogo, you know, shooting blanks at Ibrox, top point scorer in the game, top goal scorer in the league. He's just, you know, four goals already this season on penalties. Um, and just that electric pace that, you know, do hearts have that um, in their in their in their abilities at the back to deal with? I don't know. Yeah, I think we do. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think we go out and play the back five again, um, which we've been kind of playing, which has been working quite well. Smith Cochran, and we've talked about, has been a fantastic addition, um, and I think we look solid when we play that way. Uh, the new boy in the middle, Bannon Gimway, has been mm-hmm. fantastic. Just tracks down everything. Um, yeah. I just I think that we look solid. This is going to be a big challenge for us, of course, mm-hmm. um, but I think we can we can work to close down Boyle. You know, Nisbet's been away, kind of been involved. Okay, he's not played three games, but he's going to be involved in three games. Is he going to be tired coming back? We'll mm-hmm. see. You know, I think it's there for us to kind of shut down um, Hibbs if Nielsen gets his tactics right. And, wh- and where do you see the match winners coming from Hearts? Obviously, Liam Boyce has been um, one of the best returners in fantasy football Scotland so far this season. Had him in from the start and been really productive in my team. Do you, do you see anything coming from midfield, Scobie? Yeah, GMS, I think, definitely one to watch. Um, he's kind of shaken off that injury worry. Um, he won the penalty that Boyce converted um, against Dundee United. I thought he was really good against Dundee United. He's kind of just, you know, he obviously got the goal against Celtic that season. GMS has been there. He's only 4.5 million. Um and also Ginelli, who we've talked about, I think Ginelli, Gino is class and, you know, the price that he's at 3.4 million, I think still yet 3.4 million, basically playing every week for us. Might change now Mackay comes in, now Woodburn's there, but, um, you know, Ginelli will see the field and he's just electric. Like he's, he's not maybe the most talented footballer, like, but his end product's been a lot better this year. He looks a lot more confident. He looks fit. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at a few options there for us in the field wise that would be getting my vote. Can I just say, I think you boys are being very harsh on Kyle McGuinness. Sixth yeah. uh, highest scoring uh, player on, in midfielder, sorry, in fantasy football this year with 24 points at 3.7 million, which is significantly less than everyone else around that area. Mm. Um, well, I think you'll have to cast yourself back to episode one of the season when uh, <laughs> Kyle McGuinness was my, was my head player to watch. Mr. Gagan, uh, we've not been harsh on Kyle. We've been quite up on Kyle, and he's um, he's repaid the favour. So no, it's a good point. Paul McGinn's going to have to let David Alaba out of his pocket for a guarantee <laughs> to get a, get a bit of room in there. So <laughs> yeah, nice quip from uh, Finn Thompson uh, on the group tonight when he said it was impressive we managed to date <laughs> from Stodsy to Paul McGinn. A harsh comment, I thought. Imp- but, impressive we managed to downgrade on Stephen O'Donnell. Yeah. Stodzy, we love you. Come on, we do. We do. Uh, um, Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I think, um, to be honest, I'd be avoiding Hearts and Hibs defenders where I can, and I'm going to go for it and say I think there'll be goals, um, and I'd be starting your midfield and and striking options there. Um, Next team I want to talk about Motherwell. Say it quietly. Are now unbeaten in three with two wins on the bounce. Uh, John, they face Aberdeen at home this weekend, mm. which will obviously, they'll fancy, following the international break. They, like Aberdeen, have had a lot of signings recently. Um, and, you know, Alexander's clearly still trying to embed his style of football and all these new players. So it's a sort of similar situation, isn't it? Yeah, I've got my ticket for Fur Park on Saturday. Looking forward to being in the Aberdeen away end for the first time in about 18 months. Fantastic. Um, 
So I will uh, try and not invade the pitch if we win a corner. <laughs> <laughs> but can't complain. Uh, yeah, Motherwell, yeah, Scobie, you're right. Come on, it's a nice bit of form. I actually very um, was very happy with my transfer uh, last game week. I took out the budget bird camp because despite him scoring in game week one, he's had slight um, niggles and injuries and wasn't exactly starting. But one guy who has been on absolute fire this season so far is Tony Watt. Um, so he came into my team. He's got 30 points overall. He scored a goal in each of his last three games, plus one assist. Uh, he's a really strong fantasy football Scotland asset. Yeah. Agreed. Have you got any Motherwell players in your in your side, Gagan? You eyeing got, big, got big Tony. I think Tony's finally found... He's always had the talent. It's always mentally where he's struggled or with you know different clubs and things. And he's, he's said publicly a, a good few times how much he loves Motherwell and how much he loves playing week in, week out, and just, you know, being that guy. And I think he's kind of grown into that role now. Yeah. And you can, you can nearly see it. It's not just goals, it's assists, it's it's everything that he's given it. Like, is he, he's probably not far off being the captain. Um, yeah. I'll be honest, yeah. there's not not much else at Motherwell, maybe Liam Kelly, um, mm. but uh, not not a huge amount else at Motherwell I'll be looking at. But it's a wait and see, isn't it? Wait and see which of the findings comes through, because there will be some gems, I'm sure, and... You know, being some players that we can maybe pick out, but at the moment, yeah, stick with Tony, stick with what you know. Um, on the on the flip side, talking to strikers, it goes Tony Watt, Liam Boyce, and then Christian Ramirez. He was finally back on the score sheet last weekend against Ross County, which was which was delightful because he'd been on a bit of a drought since I brought him in. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think he could bag again. Always the way. He's just a poacher. He's, he's one of these guys that seems to be in the right position at the right time when the ball falls in the box, which is a very difficult thing in football uh, to, to get going. So you, you can't um, take too much away from him. So, so we'll, yeah, we'll see how he gets on this weekend. I mean, the bubble is slightly burst under glass um, for Aberdeen. You know, really bad result away at Wraith Rovers. Pumped out of Europe by Carabag, who are a good side, but still pumped. And, uh, you know, now not one in a couple of games in the league. Uh, having drawn the hearts and Ross County. So the pressure is maybe under glass slightly for the first time um, in his management. So it'll be uh, quite a test for him, I think, this Saturday. It is. Just we talked about it last week, and that's why I'm personally saying this is the time to probably bring in Aberdeen assets. You know, Motherwell's a tough game that, you know, I think at least he can, there's goals to be scored there. Um, you've got St. Johnson at home after that. You've got St. Mirren away. Um, you've got Celtic, which would be good, and you've got Dundee. So, so the next four or five games, there's, you know, there's some good opportunities for Aberdeen. Just on that, John, you've seen a lot of absolutely pissed strikers come through Aberdeen. Where do you rank Christian Ramirez between Calvin Zola, <laughs> Sammy Cosgrove? What, what are we talking? Curtis you, uh, yeah, Curtis Main. Like, what, what are we talking here? Are we Is this guy decent or is he a donkey? Simon Church. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what, Gagan? It's a, it's a really... Out. It's a really good question. The jury's out. I mean, it's funny how you look on a striker when you've not seen very much of him. So, for instance, the second goal that Ryan Hedges scored against Britvek in the uh, Europa League was a ball over the top. And um, it, Ramirez went to control it and kind of shinned it into Hedges' path. And everyone says it was a great touch. <laughs> now, when you're new to the team and new to the club and have scored a couple of goals and have a chant going for you, the, you know, you're looked kindly upon. Um, but he's definitely, I think he's got more sort of Adam Rooney vibes about him with his finishing. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see, mate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so. Well, uh, well, talking of goal scorers, there are a couple of clubs in this league that could definitely do with them. Uh, we mentioned already St Johnston, one goal in four games. Um, but just behind them, Livingston and Dundee United, only two goals apiece. Uh, so goal scoring a big problem there, particularly so for Livingston because they've conceded about 14. Um, so, yeah, for me, I think Livingston got to be pretty worried about where they are. Um, and Martindale, that Martindale magic is needed quite pronto. Um, they've got Dundee either. this weekend, though, um, which is interesting. So is that, that might be the perfect place to start. I think I think Martindale is lucky that Malcolm McKay is in the league. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I know Alan Forrest has done a pretty good job um, for Livingston, but it's tough to tough to put yourself in any of those uh, or to to back any of those horses. Especially, I don't know about you guys, but I've I've still got budget left over at the minute. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because I've got no Rangers players, but like it's still uh, it's uh, you know I've still I've still got I've still got left over. Um, Dundee United, obviously Shanklin's gone uh, gone away to Belgium now. I don't think yeah. he's played yet. I saw, saw a tweet or something with him training and things. But um, <laughs> I still, <laughs> still think they've got a little bit more about them than Livingston. Yeah. I mean, I think they're, they're another one of Alex and Johnson where they're at least quite solid at the back. Um, Nicky Clark, no doubt, is probably going to score at least 10 goals this season because he just always does. Um, and McNulty's there too. Maybe he gets a bit more of a role, but... Yeah, Livingston's just a bit of a tough one. They just they did not look like the Livingston last year. Um, you know, with the likes of Guthrie, all these kind of like fantasy Scotland legends, um, Scott Robinson for a while, um, you know, just so many of these boys that were that were that were playing great. Mullins obviously gone. Um, so yeah, we'll just we'll have to wait and see. Maybe he can turn it around. Dundee could be a perfect place to start, but obviously they also could be in for a hiding. Um if Griffiths is starting there for, for Dundee. Great place for him to get off the mark, um, you know. And Dundee, I've got quite a bit about them as well, so I'm I'm quite excited for that game. I don't know which way it's going to go. I wouldn't be betting on it. Put it that way. Gigan, you're shaking your head. I think Dundee are pish. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely pish. Right, yeah, I think that's a little bet. Right, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm well, actually, can I just bring up? Can I make it official? So myself and Scobie have a is it a steak dinner? We've got yeah, a steak so. dinner bet on the fact that Aberdeen finish at least in the top four, which yeah. I was smug about at the start of the season, but I'm getting less smug about. <laughs> so I think they won't finish top four for Clarkley. Exactly. I think they'll be fifth and below, and, and, and Gagan is sure they'll be top four. Well, so. so what the top four is going to be what? Hibs, Hearts, Motherwell, Aberdeen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not Aberdeen. <laughs> I, think Mary, I think Goodman can get something up there. It's just a bit tight. Uh, on, a, on an unrelated note, bringing my Irish uh, Irishness, that Jim McGrath um, stayed at St Mirren, which I thought was a surprise, uh, mm. and uh, got an assist for uh, I think they was it against Portugal actually. It's either against Portugal when they drew against Azerbaijan, but anyway, got an assist up from a corner. Uh, seems to be playing every week for uh, or regularly for Ireland now. Mm. Again, four point two. I've been Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 4.2 million again like you can only get so many Celtic players in your team you've got to fill them up with other ones so another, <laughs> another, good, another good player to be looking at what's the Guinness tr- taste like in Ireland mate Guinness and Ireland totally <laughs> different completely <laughs> different, completely I, different. I, it was the Portugal game actually that he played brilliantly 
Yeah, yeah. And I was, I'm shocked that he hasn't left St. Mirren. So that's a huge um, piece of business from Jim Goodwin, I think, to hold on to them. And, you know, it, whilst now, obviously, transfer windows shut, so they can probably settle in and, and really make the, get the best out of McGrath again. So definitely one to to have on the radar to bring into your fantasy teams. That's a good, I like that shout, Gibble. And I like Guinness. I'll be having a Guinness at 10 a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> you know, I'll be having a again and John's off to the airport first thing in the morning. This time to Inverness, not Ibiza. But it's going to be just as much of a party. Weatherspoons and Gatwick. Guinness, at a pie. Guinness and a pie at 10, p.m. 10 a.m. That'll be us. Entirely. Fantastic. All right, I think that wraps us up for part two. Thank you, lads. Good review. <laughs>
But yeah, I would like to see Gerard put some faith in him. Hopefully, he obviously watched the Moldova game at the weekend and saw him yeah. run riot. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying pre season he was going to try and fit them, the two of them in the team. Mm. But obviously, shot the bed. Similar mm. to our other Rangers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> a fellow bear. Um, okay. Do you, uh, I think you have a question yourself, Craig. Is I that have it? a question about the mighty Declan Gallagher, John. Oh, Big Decky. Big Decky. Big, big Decky, from what I hear in the showers. Um, <laughs> what's the story? Because he's been in my team from day one. Um, Aberdeen defence is Calvin Ramsey, and that's it, essentially, from a fantasy perspective. What? Where's mm-hmm. Decky standing here? I was kind of hoping he'd be the, the, stalwart. the rock. Yeah, the stalwart. Well, you know. so under Glass, the philosophy is different compared to McInnes. That's point number one. Uh, in the Aberdeen are going to be a lot more attacking, a lot more open, and therefore conceding a lot more goals. So Aberdeen defensive assets probably aren't quite what they used to be, is point one. Point two, Gallagher was signed before, I think was lined up before Glass joined. So I don't think he's a Stephen Glass signing because the way that Glass wants to play, mm-hmm. Gallagher's not much of a ball-playing centre-half. Now, it's difficult to find ball-playing centre-halves. So that's why he's playing like Ross McCrory in there. Um, but I just think he needs a bit of time to settle in. I think something quite interesting and a big signing for Aberdeen right on the transfer deadline day was David Bates from Hamburg. Agree, agree yeah. Um, and so I think if he and Gallagher can strike up a decent partnership together, because McCrory, he's just got, he's just not a centre half, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Andrew Considine out as well, uh, Bates and Gallagher could be the, the, the centre half pairing that Glass has been waiting for. It, so would you say that it's tough, especially McCrory in there as well, it's tough to have Gallagher in your fantasy team purely because he's not really guaranteed to start? At this stage, yeah. And also, mm. I just don't see Aberdeen keeping a lot of clean sheets. So if you're going with Aberdeen defenders, it's the fullbacks who can yeah, obviously yeah. offer you the attacking returns that maybe a centre-half doesn't offer of as much. Of course. I think, that, you know, I've, I've got Porteous because it feels like Porteous has a goal in him. He, you know, he has contributed in games and, they, and they've been relatively tight at the back too. But generally, I think you're looking for wing-backs always because they've just always got that attacking threat and, and, and the opportunity for assists um, and goals. Well, well one, one for you, one for you, Charles, as well. Then, sorry. So, I've got Suter in my team, who I reckon is Hearts' best player. Yeah. Um, you've got is it Michael Smith? Is that the left back or is it Cochrane? Cock. Well, yeah, yeah, Cochrane. If I was to take any of them, who would you be taking? Um, I'd probably still stick with Cochrane, um, because I think he'll play every game. Um, Halkett's actually jet. He's not scored one this year, but he's got a good header in him. Um, has got a goal in as well. Obviously, did when he was at Livingston as well. Um, but yeah, I'd probably go with Cochrane. Um, the value is still pretty low, and I think he's going to play all year. Um, we're going to play him and play him. The lone player, and he's fantastic. So um, I'd be looking at him personally. But yeah, Hart, the Hearts defense isn't a bad place to be. Michael Smith will pick up points as well, and he'll he'll again play and play and play. It's one of these players. So um, yeah, only got good things to say about Hearts me. Your time will come. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So moving on to the Fantasy Football Pod League. We have a new pod league leader. It's Spartans. Anthony Smith is just edged ahead with 304 points. A very fine start, sir. Uh, Shout out to Leighton's Vaseline, your 10th that sat top of the league on Saturday night. Um, Before Sunday's games changed things. They're sitting 10th now. 
uh, as I say. Top scorer though, and as I say, John, it was a it's a it's a definite challenger for the one of my well my favourite name um, of, of the week. It's the honking puffins. <laughs> Ian Watson, <laughs> the honking oh. puffins. Ninety-seven points and, a, and just the top. Jigs. Ninety-seven points. Yeah, that's that. a huge total last week. So it wasn't the highest scoring week. No, it was huge. It was huge. Uh, I should have done the digging on on what it was that drew the ninety-seven, but it just takes so long to find the team itself. Um, I could sort of give up after that point. Um, but yeah, well done, Stephen. Uh, get in touch on Twitter if you want to stick. And that's us. All right. I think that's us. Gagan, thanks for coming on the pod as ever. Good fun thanks having you. You're actually a regular now. You're, thanks, you're, not just a you're a regular. Thanks for having me, boys. And maybe the blue half might turn up next time. Next time, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Always, always a pleasure. Well, so, you know. Sorry for constantly interrupting you, but you do talk some shite, Scooby. <laughs> oh, you're never coming back. All right. Uh, <laughs> Um, well, yeah, best of luck uh, for the coming weekend um, troops. And uh, yeah, keep in touch on the Twitters. Good night, Vienna. <laughs> <laughs>